game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Nugent Hopkins over to Drysaddle. He's open. He shoutes off the pad of Flurry. Can't cover. Drysaddle's got it back. Cuts behind the net sentence. What timer score? Connor McDavid's made it four to two. Drysaddle stayed with it. Connor McDavid, two goals. Leon Drysaddle, three assists. And the Edmonton Oilers bounce back with a 4-2 victory on the road tonight over the Vegas Golden Knights. Those two star players unhappy with how they performed against the Kings in a 5-1 loss on Thursday, especially Dreisaitl, pretty harsh words on his own game, and I thought he was the best player on the ice tonight as the Oilers improved to 15-7-3 on the season. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks a lot for joining us. It's 10:57 overtime open line, courtesy Hartland Fort. Well, Rob, I'm not taking anything away from McDavid's game because he had two goals and was named the first star in the arena, but I just thought Dreisaitl was all over the play, all around the puck, controlling the puck all night long. Uh, he was a man on a mission. It, it, was, it was funny. It, it was like keep away when he had the puck on his stick. He'd go down the boards. He'd, he'd absorb the first hit, keep going, absorb the second hit. And if somehow the puck bounced off his stick, within seconds he'd taken it back. Uh, a number of great passes, as, as you would fully expect from him. Uh, I mean, the... the the two, the McDavid goal, actually the McDavid goal, the Bear goal, I mean, just great vision that he, he finds the guy in the right spot, puts the puck on a stick, and I'm just, I'm trying to think of the third goal. The, the first two goals, okay, the one he put on, one was a forehand, goal, yeah. but the other were backhand passes. The backhand crossed the seam to Bear, backhand from behind the net to McDavid. Uh, it's unfair what he's capable of doing with the puck on a stick, forehand or backhand. Most guys have to turn their body to try to make a good first or forehand pass. He doesn't need to, which gives him an advantage. Yeah, I agree. I thought Leon Dreisaitl was the best player on the ice, and he was the one that called himself out in Los Angeles, said that it was, uh, if you're going to be the best player, you cannot play the way he did. Well, tonight he came out and proved he was the best player. 4-2, the Oilers win it. So two for McDavid. Ethan Bear gets his fourth of the season. And Marcus Granlin scores the Oilers' third goal in the second period. Turns out to be the game winner. Haas and Russell get the assist. And we're starting to see a little more scoring from from depth players. Granlin with two goals on this road trip. Kara had a little burst. Unfortunately, he was injured tonight. But I actually thought that Granlin-Haas-Russell line overall was was pretty good. They got a goal, but they had some really good shifts with forechecking. Well, they know what their strengths are. Uh, they got some speed, so get the pucks in deep and then work on the forecheck. Uh, you don't have to be big physical to be a forechecking player. You just have to win races, win battles. And what we saw in this, that one, the puck got in deep, Russell won the first battle, and then he had support. He had Haas there, and then he had support, then he had Granlin there. Uh, that's what you want. You want to pester pester the player that's trying to get the puck out don't give them an easy access play and they did it to a T on that play and they had a couple other good scoring chances too so they're trying to build chemistry and you the one thing that the others have right now is they have some depth they got Kara out with an injury who would be in the lineup they have Gagne that wants to be in the back of the lineup who hasn't played poorly so these guys know that when they get that opportunity, you've got to produce and you've got to be uh, consistent. Russell right now is getting his chance back in the lineup because of Kara being out. I thought he was excellent tonight. We will make Marcus Granlin the fourth star of the game, courtesy White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. The Oilers wind up uh, shooting the Golden Knights 31-27. Vegas did not have a power play. Edmonton went one for three with the man advantage, and we played the McDavid goal in the third period that stretched it to a two-goal lead. Yeah, I, I, if I'm a Vegas fan, I'd be upset with the refing tonight. I think, I think honestly, all three penalties that Vegas got tonight were, were bad calls. I, I don't think any of them were a penalty. Having said that, the Reeves hit on Clefbaum was a penalty. And, and this is what boggles players and frustrates players. Reeves is a, a big man. I, I don't know what he weighs in, but it's got to be 250-plus. He ran Clefbaum from behind. In front of the ref. I mean, everyone had to see it because Clefbaum had the puck. 
about uh, a little while later, Neil's skating up the ice and, and Reeves pushes him. I mean, and gets a penalty. That is a, never a penalty. Like, that was a terrible call. So how a referee can see that is something that warrants a two-minute penalty, whereas the one when you run a guy head first in the boards isn't, it is incredibly frustrating. So I'd be mad at Ice Vegas because there was... There's none of the penalties that were called should have been penalties. All were bad calls. 4-2, the Oilers win. Mike Smith bouncing back. He was pulled after the first period in Los Angeles after allowing three goals. He makes 25 saves tonight. It's his 250th career victory. This year, he improves to 7-6-1. He tried to get a shot away at the empty net in the final minute of the third period. Couldn't get it uh, past center. I don't think he could really wind up and, and step into that one the way he liked. But a, a solid game by Smith and, and even three seconds left, uh, you know, battling and making a really good save there where the Oilers already had the victory. Goaltending, you know, continues over, overall to be a strength for the Oilers. And we wondered how they were going to split this weekend. We wondered how Smith was looking. His stats actually haven't been that good Mm-mm. in his four starts since he had that all-world game against Pittsburgh, but uh, he was one of the better players tonight. He was, and we talked about it after the game in L.A., who should start today, and we both thought it was going to be Koskinen, and then today, before the game, we talked about it again. I still thought, you know, Koskinen has been the better goalie. Uh, Dave, Dave Tippett, who knows Mike Smith very well, having seen Mike Smith at his very, very best, thought that he needed a bounce-back game from his goalie, Mike Smith. He gave him the start and was rewarded. Uh, Mike Smith was excellent tonight. And uh, to me, the one thing that we've seen all year long with the goaltending is they've made big saves at big moments. And tonight, the Edmonton Oilers have a power play. Uh, William Carlson, one of the best players on Vegas, has a shorthanded breakaway. And Smith comes up with a big save at that moment. So uh, Dave Tippett obviously knows more than you and I and and made the right call. And Mike Smith came in and gave them the effort that they needed. You have to have good goaltending when you play in Vegas. The Oilers got that. 4-2, the Oilers win it. So, yeah, again, their record on the season, 15-7-3. They have played 25 games they have won two-thirds of them, and they lead the Pacific Division by three points over Arizona, who they will play tomorrow. The Oilers' road record also very good at 8-5-1 and one on the season. So, uh, again, the Oilers are putting together a nice campaign here. Uh, game 27 is going to be a third of the way through the season. We're coming up towards that American Thanksgiving deadline where generally, depending on the year, 12 or 13 of the teams in a playoff position at American Thanksgiving wind up making it at, at the end. I mean, it doesn't mean much if you're one of the three or 14. It's it's just all about percentages, but mm-hmm. it means you've, you've got off to a good start and you've put some points in the bank. So, and again... The Oilers, look, the LA game was 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 disappointing. All teams have bad games. Yeah, and it was. I, I think it wasn't just that they lost. It was it was how they lost. They, they were bad. They, they were out of it early, but the Oilers recover. We've seen them do this before. They have yet to go more than two games without a win, and they only have one two-game stretch where they haven't got a point. They only have. They've only lost regulation time back to back once all season. Well, it starts for me with goaltending uh if the goal if the the others get goaltending they're in every hockey game and in the last couple years they haven't had good goaltending and because of that they found themselves trailing in a lot of hockey games they're getting quality goaltending and then up front i know that the pace that leon and connor are on this year should be unsustainable there's no way they should be on pace for 160 points or 150-plus points. They shouldn't. Not in the way that the National Hockey League plays nowadays. Players don't get that many points. Yet, game after game, you feel at the end of the night they actually probably could have had more than they've got. I mean, they had five points between them tonight. Uh, Leon missed a wide-open net on an assist pass from McDavid. There's another two points that, that, that those two could have got. Uh they are their power play. The Oilers' power play right now seems unstoppable. The only way they don't score in the power play is because the goalie makes some huge save. Uh, it's it's almost indefensible. The 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 opposition uh, they they don't look like we we I or haven't seen in the last month or so an an opposition have a game plan that looks like it's going to be successful. That's how good the Oilers' power play is right now, clicking at over thirty percent in the National Hockey League. If you get goaltending and you get specialty teams the way the Oilers have had this year, you're a playoff hockey club. And so far right now, the Oilers are one of the class teams 
of the National Hockey League. 4-2 the final over the Golden Knights. Three assists for Dreisaitl. Leads the NHL in scoring. He's up to 47 points in 25 games. Two goals for McDavid. Uh, he has 18 goals. That now leads the Oilers, and he has 46 points. One behind uh, Leon for both the team and the, the uh, league lead we mentioned. Uh, and again, stories that were you, you might have had question marks. Ethan Bear gets his fourth goal of the season. I, I mean, he's on pace for, you know, maybe a, maybe a 12-goal campaign where you would have thought he was maybe in a group of defensemen where you would have been saying, okay, maybe later in the season if they need somebody, he's called up. Or if he shines in the minors, he's called up. He's had to be here since day one, and pretty much every night he's he's done something something well. Like he certainly looks like he belongs in the NHL. See, I I really like his story because I, my NHL career started with an injury. Bob Barry in Pittsburgh got injured after the second game of the season. I got to play, and I took advantage of an opportunity. Ethan Bear, he got an opportunity because Larson gets hurt at the beginning of the season. All of a sudden, here's, here's some minutes. Let's see what you can do with them. And, and, and he ran with it. And every everyone's waiting, and I know that we've had fans, we've had media. Okay, when is the, the fallback going to happen? When is he going to realize that he's playing above where he should be playing? And it isn't happening. And he continues to make these little plays. There's a play that he made tonight. Puck was below the goal line. He's got pressure on him, and he kind of pulls his body in, pulls his arms in, and makes this short little dinky pass to a guy that's wide open. A lot, what we've seen in the past with a, a number of the defensemen that have come through here is if they felt pressure, the puck was going hard around the boards. And when a puck, and there are times when you have to do that, but when a puck goes hard around the boards, you're not making plays with it. You're chasing Mm -hmm. because it's just going out. Now you're chasing the defender, trying to get the puck back. But when you make plays, now you, the the, the McDavid's, the dry settles, the Nugent Hopkins are going out of their zone with speed. And every little pass that a bear makes like that, it catches one or two four checkers. So uh, the the question marks at the beginning of the season have now turned into strengths. The play of Ethan Bear has turned into a strength for the Edmonton Oilers. And now hopefully Jones is going to continue to follow in the footsteps that Bear has done. Yeah, Jones has been uh, effective. Joe doesn't doesn't do anything splashy. Nope. But again, they don't, they don't need him to. No. You know, it's, uh, 18 and 18 minutes and four seconds for Jones tonight. Even, you know, not not a lot on the stat line, and I'm not saying that critically. That's one of those guys where you look at and say, okay, low event game for for Caleb Jones. Get in, get out. So yeah, the Oilers uh, have put together a nice little 25 game start to the season. We're gonna have post game reaction from Vegas as we roll along tonight. It's 11:09. You can get us by texting or calling. 780-496-0063. Remember, that is the text number now as well as the call number. So if you've been texting our old number, we, we don't know where it's going. I think it's going to some satellite <laughs> or something, some Russian satellite. It's going out in space. Yeah, don't text that number. <laughs> now I'm going to text it because I want to find out. Well, it won't respond. It won't tell you what's happening. You never know. Maybe someone well, else got point, that actually. number now. It could be. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Uh, Ron says, uh, I, I really like what Nygaard brings to the lineup with his speed and tenacity on the forecheck. He just needs some luck around the net. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, luck or maybe better hands around the net. Um, I, I do like his speed, and that's the one reason that the Oilers brought him over. Uh, they're hoping that uh, something will click for him. I was actually a little surprised. I thought Nygaard was going to be playing with Newton Hopkins tonight. I think with the way that Nygaard played last game, with Kara not being in the lineup, I thought that would have been the easy position to get him up to where he was. Uh, I, I think that, well, I mean, you talked about it before, about with Nugent Hopkins. If the guys capitalize on his plays, he'd have a much better 5-on-5 five five record. Right. And tonight there was three or four great scoring opportunities he gave guys that weren't capitalized on. Uh, I do believe that Nygaard will get a shot in the top six. I like Chase on. But again, not a whole lot happening top six when he's out there. I think Nagar will get that chance. He will create opportunities because of his speed. He's just got to be able to figure out how to score at this level. Oilers win 4-2 over the Golden Knights. That means $100 to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy Ascended Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascended Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They are generously giving $25 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. 780-496-0063. We have Matt on the line. Hey, Matt, thanks for calling. 
Hi. Hey, Matt. I just really think Cassian played really well. He got some shots off, created some ice. Um, I really believe in them this year. Yeah, it's good. I think Cassian had a couple of assists, and, and like Dreisaitl, Matt, he kept some plays alive too. Yeah. What else did you think of the game? Um, I really just liked a few of them of their goals. I really thought that they did a good job of not being able to get a penalty. Sorry. No, nope, um, that's good. Good thinking. I really, really, really liked how Mike Smith played. He, well, coming back from a really bad game, he just really did well. No, that's great analysis right there. They they needed a good game out of Mike Smith. He needed a bounce-back game. He needed to gain the confidence of his teammates, and he certainly did with the effort that he had tonight. Matt, I, I'm just going to ask you something here, and, and forgive me if, I, I've, if I'm misreading uh, how you sound here, but are, are you old enough to remember Rob Brown as a hockey player? No. Okay. <laughs> hey, thanks for calling in, Matt. We really appreciate it. His dad might not be old enough. You're welcome. That's true. Well, it wasn't, wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. Maybe, maybe his dad might not remember you as a junior player. I don't know when you got 4,000 points that one season. Good analysis by the young man, though. Yeah, it was good. Well, and, uh, again, I thought there, there was a lot of talk after the last game about Dreisaitl and McDavid. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I, I think that line took it on themselves. I don't think Cassian was walking around thinking like, oh, I played great. There's these other two <laughs> clowns that screwed up in Los Angeles. But they, they, the, they, they were energized. And, and I know... Somebody texted in last game and and said, you know, to you, Rob, as a former player, well, you know, how can you just be flat? How can you how can you have an off night? And and you made a great point talking with Recky in the warmups. How, how do you feel? But I think, the, you know, the energy level, the health, that's going to vary. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, I, w- I want you to respond to this because I'm just basing this on what you know people tell me in my observations, but. If the physical energy isn't where you would like it to be, then you got to put the mental work mm-hmm. into the game. Now, did the, did the Oilers have an off night against L.A. because the tank wasn't full? Okay, maybe, but a lot of mistakes they made were just just not thinking. Just, mm-hmm. you know, like Leon knows he has to back check with three seconds left in the first period. He didn't do it. That's not, that's not uh, I'm flat or sick or lacking energy. That's that's a mental lapse. And I think tonight, this the concentration and the attention to detail was back. Yeah, no, it just, there's just nights where you, you, you go out with the same thought process as you did the game before. When, when a team goes out and has a flat game, it's not like before the game they thought, okay, this one, oh, I'm not sure about this one. I, I had a bad sleep last night. My neck's a little out. They go in with the exact same thought process. They do everything before the game, prepare the exact same way, and then all of a sudden a bounce will go the wrong way, and then a little frustration will come in. And then the pass that you usually make it was off, so now you're even more frustrated. Then uh, the bounce goes a different way than you expected, and you turn the wrong way. It's just like a comedy of errors. And over the course of the night, it just adds up and adds up, and you start to become flat because of the events that happen. Uh, in a game, you get a bounce in the first shift, and you score a goal where you do nothing right, but the goal goes in, all of a sudden, you get a little more energy in your body. Whereas in the same game, you go out, you do everything right, but the other team gets a lucky bounce and it goes against you. All of a sudden, you get a little bit drained. Um, it. They went out tonight, and they had uh, a, a certain thought process. Where it's like, you know what? We're going to. We are going to be better than these guys. We are going to force our will. And even sometimes that doesn't work out. But you sometimes go fight through anything, any adversity that happens in the game. And I think you saw that from Leon Dreisettle more than any player in the game tonight. If he lost the puck, he got the puck back right away. And he was a fortunate. A couple bounces went his way. But he created a lot of the luck that he got in this game. So uh, good players, great players can do that. Lesser players, it's a little harder to bounce back because you need breaks for that to happen. The great players don't need the breaks as much. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Oilers win 4-2 over Vegas. We have Gary standing by. Gary, thanks for calling. Hey, thanks for uh, taking my call. Uh, Very hard-nosed fought uh, game tonight. I don't know if this was their best game of the year or if the one in San Jose was the best game, but uh, kudos to uh, 
them for fighting back after we're snake bit in L.A. It seems like that's a problem continually, unfortunately. And, and L.A. is not the young team that they used to be. Yep. But, uh, you know, we still need a right wing shot. And uh, I don't know if anybody else has brought this to your attention or not. But what do you think about uh, maybe Rob, maybe better to answer this one, uh, what do you think about Ethan Bear becoming a right winger for the Nuge? Uh, there's zero chance. Zero chance. Defensemen are hard to come by. And you found a guy right now that's playing 22, 23 minutes a night as a 22-year-old kid just starting his career. He's only going to get better. He, I mean, he's got what we've seen thus far. He's got the ability to be a top four defenseman in the National Hockey League for a long, long time. You, you're, you're not moving that up yeah, into they, the fourth. They, like him they, they like they love him where he is. There is zero chance that you'll ever see him play right wing on the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, Oilers win four two tonight over the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I think they are I, ideally you'd love another top six mm-hmm. uh, winger because we I mean we referenced it earlier. Who's kind of cycling through that uh, that position and who's finishing some of the chances that Nugent Hopkins sets up? But I, I, I think they're going to leave uh, Bear where he is for sure. All right, let's go back to Las Vegas. Here's Oilers head coach. Coach Dave Tippett. Anlin's line today, it seemed like they really were jumping tonight. We had a lot of people working. You know, they, we, we knew, uh, we talked about this has to be a real strong team game. Everybody has to do their part, and that line was really good. They got rewarded with the goal, but they were really good all night. So we had good performances right throughout the lineup, and uh, it was good to see. We needed a good team win like that, and now we move on to Arizona and another key divisional game. Just a comment on Mike Smith. Uh, it seems like every time he's very honest about his play after a poor game on his standards, he seems to rise to the occasion. Yeah, I mean, I know Schwitty well. I've been with him a long time, so uh, he was anxious to get back in there, and we knew we had to split the goaltenders this weekend anyway, so we threw him back in, kind of stayed with our rhythm, and he gave us a real strong game. And he was uh, not just strong in the net, he was real key outside the net. You know, third period, he really handled a lot of pucks that took some pressure off us, so he was, uh, it was it was nice to see him get a good win. So when Reeves is running around and he face plants Oscar there, there's no penalty. Yeah, that's... Well, that's... Are you thinking, okay, it looks like he's got impunity to do whatever he wants if the referees aren't going to call that penalty. Yeah, that, I think if the referees looked at that again, I think that would be a call. They were saying that Clef put himself in a bad position. I didn't see it that way, so we'll leave it at that. But it... Uh... That's a dangerous hit. I mean, those are those are ones that there's injuries from those. So that's. Uh, but we got past it and Clef played a heck of a game. And we got the win. Dave, your power play only scored one once, but it was humming all night. What 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 has this power play done to lift the team, especially in a game like this? You know what I liked about it tonight is they they scored a key goal at a key time for us. I mean, that's that's what good power plays do. They they score, but then they you know they get a key time in the game where. It makes a big, a big impact on the game, and that's what they did tonight. The first one was a little, uh, little ragged, but the second one, uh, I think the second one is when they scored on it. It was, uh, you know, they get chances. They're, they're that skill, they just get chances. You know? And how much credit do you take for that? I mean, there's a lot of stars on the ice, though. No, that's, uh, they play best when, they have a little bit of structure, but they play best when they ad-lib. That's, as uh, Glenn Gullickson says, they play road hockey. And when they play road hockey, they're dangerous. For those of us who haven't seen you guys a lot this year, I mean, for those of us in Vegas, can you just touch on the way Connor and Leon just continue to be so good this year? <laughs> well, they've been they've been strong all year. I mean, they're, they're top talent. But I would say... Uh, you know, as good as they've been, I think there's other parts of our team that have really played well too. The penalty killers are really going to good job for us. Our goaltending has been strong, so they're they're obviously vital cogs to what we're trying to do. But they've really bought into a team, uh, you know, a team atmosphere the way we want to play as a team and they have their high-end talent that that they put on display every night but they're also playing without the puck very well and they really appreciate the guys that are killing penalties and and defending so it's it's led to a good team effort but obviously they're a big part of that you tell early that connor has got the bit in his teeth after a, a game where he played last time can you like coming out of the corner on that first goal yeah, and even no, 20 feet actually you know what if you watch the la connor was pretty good in the la game his line wasn't very good but connor was pretty good like he there was there was uh, there were some things in there that were pretty good so but you could tell you know there's different times when I could you just get a hunch when they 
when they feel like they didn't play well last game, the chances are pretty good you're going to get a good game next game. So you might as well start them and let them go. And that's what we did tonight. <laughs> you're past the halfway point in this trip now. Yeah. How would you assess uh, kind of how the you are three of five? Uh, well, we played well in San Jose. We played well tonight. Uh, for spurts, we were all right in L.A., but not enough. And... Uh, so two out of three, we'll take them and uh, keep moving forward. It's a big trip, obviously, so that's, that's good, good news. Big key division points at stake. And, uh, and then the last one is Colorado, who everybody knows is a good team in this conference. So great challenge for our group. All right, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Pretty pleased as the Oilers beat the Golden Knights 4-2 tonight to improve to 15-7-3 on the season. 780-496-0063 is how you both call us and text us we have brandon standing by brandon you're on with reed and rob go ahead hey guys how you doing good so just two things number one i know benning's out for however long with the concussion is who do you see getting sent down i think it's going to be caleb jones because everybody else is playing too well and in compared to the system for this year compared to last year what are you seeing is the biggest difference is there just more structure are they clogging the neutral zone more what's the biggest difference well yeah, good question I mean, Jones would be the player that it, if, when Benning comes back. But again, we know ne- I never look too far ahead when it comes to defensemen and injuries and stuff because, as we know, when one player is just getting ready to come back, it always seems like someone else is getting injured. But if it was today, Jones would be the guy that would probably be out of the lineup and moving back down to the minors. As for what's different this year and last year, first of all, they they have better players. Uh, they're third and fourth lines. They may not be scoring goals, but they're a lot better hockey players than they had last year. And those guys, uh, their penalty killing is, is exceptional. And that's because of their third and fourth line guys. I see their penalty killing differences. They're much more aggressive, which doesn't allow the other team to, to set up and, and create the opportunities. As for normal five-on-five five stuff, I think they're just able to execute better because they're better hockey players than they had the year before. And on defense, I think the addition to Ethan Bear. I think that's huge. You've got a guy that can move the puck, jump up into the play, create plays. So I think the the systems are not a whole lot different. Just the players in the systems are a lot better. Yeah, I I, I've, I, I thought I've seen a little bit, and, and any good team will do this, and I think the Oilers have done it in the past, but they're really, if it seems to me if a defenseman isn't sure, He's staying in front of the net. I, I thought last year sometimes an Oilers defenseman, they would try to pressure. Well, I'm going to go try to intercept the pass, knock the puck off. And I just, it seems they're just more aware of what's going on in front of their own net. Well, I, I think when you get off to a good start to a season, which the Oilers did this year, you stay within the system more. You You believe in the system. I think when you get off to a slow start or when you struggle, you start cheating and trying getting, doing things a little more as an in- individual because you don't trust the guys are going to do the right job. And I think we saw that a lot last year. Is they got off to a, a poor start, and then guys started getting on their own program because, okay, this isn't working, I've got to go do that. When you're playing well and winning hockey games, it's really easy to buy in. So I think there's just a better trust factor amongst the players right now because they know that this guy's going to get the job done because he did it the game before, and he did it the game before that. So, But for me, just the biggest thing is they're just a better hockey club with the players that they have than they did last year. Uh, we got Jeff asking on the text line, how many fewer goals have the Oilers allowed at the same point last season? Just quickly uh, did the search here on NHL.com. After 25 games last year, the Oilers had allowed 78 goals. They're at 69 this year. Nine goals. So nine goals. That's, you know, around 30 over the course of the whole season. 30 fewer goals against. That helps. Makes a difference. Especially when you're winning one-goal hockey games. Well, yeah, exactly. 4-2, the Oilers win tonight over the Golden Knights. We have Tony on line four. Tony, go ahead. Hey, uh, how's it going, boys? Good. Good. Tough game tonight. Really impressed with how uh, we rebounded, especially after how bad we were in L.A., which I can't believe. Um... Rob, I want to ask you something because, like, I'm not like I'm trying to be biased when it comes to refereeing in games, but tonight it just seemed like the referees weren't calling much. And I was I was counting multiple holds. I was counting multiple trips. I was counting multiple, 
everything. And the he- then the hit on Cliff Clefbaum, like, how is he in the wrong position? He's going for the puck, and Ryan Reeves just clubs him. Like, I just want your opinion on the resting in tonight's game. Thanks, well, Tony. Th- that was a penalty. Th- that was a missed penalty, and that's a penalty 100 times out of 100. I think Jim Matheson said 99 times out of 100. It should be 100 of 100. Having said that, the other three penalties that Vegas got, I thought were terrible calls. I think all three of them were terrible calls. Uh, so the refs to me, and then the refs tonight blew the whistle early two times. Once causing costing the Oilers a goal, and the other time cost the Vegas Golden Knights a great opportunity, impossible goal. So I, I don't, I don't think there was a whole lot else. Out of the play. I think this game, seriously, watching the game, could have had maybe two penalties called. They they should have been one on Reeves, and then there should have been one on Vegas. Uh, there was a or on uh, the Oilers. I think it was who did we say he threw his hand. Uh, um, Archibald tripped a, a Vegas player in the neutral zone. To me, they were the only two penalties I saw in the game. One from either team. The refs had an off night. Oilers win 4-2. Whenever they score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for an appetizer at Japanese Village. AAA steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses at Japanese Village. We have Cam calling in tonight. Go ahead, Cam. Guys, how are you doing? Good. Right on. That's good. So, Rob, I liked your point there earlier about when you're getting good goaltending. I mean, it's just it's a total difference. And I think even they've you know, continued to lament a little bit the last couple of years. But I don't think we really know necessarily what these teams could have been the last couple of years. Just, it's just when you know, if you, if you don't know who's behind you and you don't know that you're getting the saves, it's going to be a mess. So, yeah, i got to give these guys credit. I mean, Holland, for him to bring in, what are, what are the ages of these guys, 32 and 37? Yep. I mean, it's just, it's an unheard of, it's an unheard of model, isn't it, guys? Well, he didn't bring in Koskinen, as you know, but, <laughs> but, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're doing a little differently where they've basically come in and said it will be a split, and Tippett and the coaches have have stuck with that. I mean, yeah. sometimes I think if you don't have a number one, they will say, we'll see which guy grabs it, and it's an internal competition. I... It, Correct me if I'm wrong, Rob. I don't think they have ever. By the way, Koskinen is still 31, but uh, 31. yeah, but they they've never said. I mean, he's obviously said if there's a hot guy or a shutout, but he's he's never really said we're waiting to proclaim a number one. He's kind of said all along it, we're gonna it's gonna be pretty even. Well, and the easy way to sell that is the team is successful. I mean, they're at the top of the division, one of the top teams in the NHL. So it's hard to argue with his logic on it. Both goaltenders are having resurgences from last year's off-season. So again, he, he had a plan, and all plans are great until they go wrong. Well, right now it's not gone wrong for Dave Tippett. The plan that he had is working, and you're just going to continue it until something makes you have to change it. And right now, again, I wouldn't have started Smith today. I would have went with Koskinen. And then if I would have done that, I wouldn't have seen the great comeback or the great rebound game that Smith gave them tonight so I I think there's probably a reason that Dave Tippett has got the number of victories in the National Hockey League that he has most of his calls that he's made throughout his career have been the right one I just have a continuation on that and I, I have a question for you Brian I'm going to leave you with so um, the, the, whole, the whole idea here with these guys is that you know any three game any three games set, you're going to get good goaltending at least two. I mean, you might not get it that third game or the you know whatever it happens, but when you can start counting on elite goaltending, just two of the three games that you play every two out of three, it's unreal. The other thing I was going to say is just uh, with Bear, and then I'll have a question for you. Sorry, Brownie. With Bear, I mean, he's probably one of the best players to ever play. I mean, I know Edmonton and Calgary have you know phenomenal minor hockey systems, phenomenal, but. I mean, in terms of Saskatchewan, I mean, he's probably, if you ask anybody there, he might be one of the top five or six guys to ever play in that province. There's been some good players there, too. So, like this, I don't know what happened in, in, in junior that he kind of became, would he go fourth round, fifth round? He was fifth round. Jones, yeah. Jones was late fourth. Bear was early fifth. Right. So, probably size and maybe conditioning a little bit and stuff, but... You know, he's always been, they're talking about this resurgence and stuff. He's always been phenomenal. He's been a phenomenal, phenomenal player. He was a phenomenal youth. And he went down to Minnesota and played some uh, 
Bantam there, and then he went to Pursuit of Excellence. So we kind of lost track of him, but he was great. Then I want to ask this final question, Brian, and I'll hang up and listen if you get a chance to answer it. Um, do guys ever go out and run? Like, I know it's a little bit different now, but do you guys get out on the road? Like, is there any truth to the fact that Vegas can be a distraction, Montreal can be a distraction? And how does the coach, but how does the coach, like, do you kind of lose your guys? As a coach, you just have to say at some point in time, listen, we're not going to hold our guys back. Or how does that all work? I look forward to listening to you. Thanks, Cam. Do the do the players ever go out and run? Yes, absolutely, they do. Um, coaches, uh, they'll come in the dressing room and say, "Okay, guys, we got a tough stretch up here. Look after yourself." More or less, that's all all you'll be be told. Players are much different now than they were 15, 20 years ago. Uh, it used to be, you go for a team lunch that would turn into a team dinner that would turn into a team. 2 a.m. hot dog at a 7-Eleven on the way home from the bar. Uh, they look after themselves better. They're in better, they're better shape. Uh, one of the big reasons is money nowadays. I mean, guys are making 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars over the course of a career, so they don't want that career cut short because they're not in the proper shape. They know when to go, they know when to run, and when they, when they know when not to run. And uh, leadership on the team will find times in certain cities where okay tonight's we've got two days here we got it optional tomorrow or a day off tomorrow let's go and have some fun tonight and the leadership usually helps guys make the right decisions some guys if you haven't been through it before yeah if yeah. you haven't for the younger players they'll say okay here's what we're, you, you got i remember when i played in pittsburgh bob airy who was a uh, uh, a skilled player that played uh, on a line with me and Mario for a number of years. It was my rookie season. He sat me down on the bus and said, okay, there's going to be opportunities in certain cities where you're going to want to go. But you got to remember that you're like, because I was like him, you're a smaller player. You need your proper rest. You need your proper food. Pick and choose the right spots to go. And most of the time I picked and chose the, <laughs> the right spot. Not always. But uh, I, I think the players are different now than they were before. So there's not, and nowadays too, a lot of times you fly out right after games. So it makes it a lot harder. Like I'm sure that tonight, well, tonight for well, sure they, they flew be, out right yeah. afterwards. They have a game tomorrow. And Arizona, they'll fly out right after. When, when I played the first two-thirds of my career, we were always on commercial flights. So we stayed in the cities that we played. So there was more opportunity to go out and have some fun. Yeah, it's I, I mean, look, mo- most NHL players are, are men in their 20s. Mm-hmm. So you can't, I, I mean, you're going to obviously behave a certain way, but I, I would also think there's, and correct me if I'm wrong, wrong, Rob, there would be something to the fact that in, in a group of 23 men, players, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the three or four coaches, mm-hmm. do you want to be the three or four guys who were the idiots that showed up, you know, or that didn't follow the rules? Or- well, when the, the problem that they have nowadays that I never had in my career is social media. So... If, if a couple guys on a, on a road trip when I played decided, you know what, we had an 11 o'clock curfew tonight, but there's this great band playing at this little bar <laughs> just outside of town. We'll go, we'll just have a couple beers, we'll take a cab, we'll be back in bed by 1, 1.30, we can sleep in till 10 tomorrow. And no one would have known about it. But now if someone on the Oilers goes out the night before a game, there's a thousand cameras on people's phones in that yeah. bar, even if the, even if it's not over even if, crazy, no. it's just like, hey, here's this guy out. In yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Let's take a picture of, him. and all of a sudden, the on the the st- timestamp at the bottom is 11:25. And again, he could have gone out, had a late dinner, had just water or or, or drank pop the whole night long, but the, all you'll see is a timestamp 8:25 on a phone that he was out somewhere else, and then it becomes a story. Players are much more cognizant of that nowadays simply because you can be put in a bad situation for no other reason that someone took a picture of you at the wrong time so uh, yeah it, it's completely different now than it was when I played and um, maybe not quite as much as fun but uh, the money's a lot better now than when I played too I, I, I we try to answer as many texts as we can so the person who just wrote in when, what does the goaltating rotation look like when the playoffs start? We're going to decline to answer that. <laughs> we're we're going to... Well, maybe you're joking around. We appreciate your optimism. 
We're, well, we're going to decline to answer that. We do like the fact that you said playoff. Yes. We do like that. That's cool. And, I mean, hey, they're in a spot that, like I said, uh, they, 15 wins in 25. They've won 60% of their games. I mean, here's the thing. You, you get 60% of your points, you'll be in the playoffs. Right now, the Oilers have 60% wins, uh, plus the three more overtime and, and shootout losses. So it's a good start for sure. We're going to check the scoreboard here. Busy night for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to Edmonton Trailer. Com. Oh, you know what? I actually haven't even seen this score myself yet. Oh, the Islanders lost, but they get a point. So the point streak stays intact. Sharks beat the Islanders 2-1 in overtime. Couture got the game winner. The Stars win again. 2-1 over the Blackhawks. So are they 13? They're 13-1-1 in their yep. last 15. That's a good stretch. And the Islanders are now, what, 15-0-2 in their last 17. 17 games And, and the, the Sharks point. have won seven in a row. Or pardon me, the Sharks have won seven of their last eight. Yeah. That's, the losses to the Oilers. Well, the Islanders have gotten 15, 32 points out of the last 34 yeah, points. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, Flames knock off the Flyers 3-2 in a shootout. Coyotes beat the Kings 3-2. Maple Leafs down the Avalanche 5-3. Jets beat the Blue Jackets 4-3. Bruins in overtime. Get by the Wild 5-4. The Rangers trailed 4-0 in Montreal, but win the game 6-5. Devils take down the Red Wings 5-1. Lightning blast the Ducks 6-2. Hurricanes win 4-2 against the Panthers. Predators get a 4-2 decision in St. Louis. The Oil Kings lose 5-4 in overtime at Vancouver. Juve Golden Bears lose 5-3 at Manitoba. Bakersfield Condors lose 4-2 at the Iowa Wild. That is your Edmonton Trailer score. But, oh, Calgary Dinos won the uh, Vanier Cup over Montreal. Of course, the Grey Cup is uh, tomorrow. Oh, and also tomorrow, anyone's a tennis fan. Canada's oh, yeah, that's the, cool, too. In the finals of the Davis Cup, first time ever. So that's pretty exciting. I think they are playing, is it Britain they're playing tomorrow? I can't even remember now. 780-496-0063. We have Bob standing by. Go ahead, Bob. How's it going tonight, guys? Quite well. Right on. I- just want to make an observation about Ethan Bear. Seeing him on the ice, he's not the biggest player in the world. But I know when somebody's coming down on him or they're going into the corner for a puck, uh, he has a habit of just getting in the way and slowing the player down and then uh, being able to take pucks away from bigger players and making a smart play with them all the time. Like It's just a little thing that he does that uh, seems to work out for him 99% of the time. Well, it's like what Reed talks about when he says a, a player like a Johnny Goudreau. Uh, Johnny Goudreau didn't all of a sudden get to the NHL and realize that he was small. He would have had to, <laughs> at, throughout his career... Been told. Uh, been t- yeah. He had to adjust and, and play a certain style of hockey. Same as Ethan Bear. Ethan Bear was not a monster when he played junior, so he understood exactly what he was capable and not capable of doing and how he could be successful uh, playing the way that he needs to play. And uh, at this level, he, he, I find him, and I, and I don't know Ethan at, at all, but I find watching him, he seems like a very intelligent hockey player. He knows what is the right play, when to make the right play, when to do this, when to do that. Never seems to put himself into trouble. Uh, doesn't seem to get, I, I haven't seen him get run over yet in a game and for a guy that plays as much as him on the back end normally the forecheck you're going to get hit hard at some point he just uh, a smart heady player that uh, just seems to be gaining confidence game in game out and is not shy about making a play even if it if other players wouldn't think of it, it seems to come to him a little bit quicker all right bob you're going to finish the play you already have earned up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking. The best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as five ninety eight per day with the promo code CHED. Here's Grasso with a bear. Rich shot score. Ethan Bears, fourth of the year, gives Edmonton a 2-0 lead. All right, Bob, so that was Bears' fourth goal of the season. You heard Jack with the call. Dreisaitl got the primary assist. Who got the secondary assist on that play? Was it Zach Cassian or Mike Smith? Uh, Zach Cassian. Like, how easy did I make that for you, Bob? Oh, you made it 
too easy. <laughs> well, I wanted you to win. Stay on the line. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at 1000 bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Oilers get the victory 4-2 over the Golden Knights. You will hear from Mike Smith when we get back. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chip. Sent in deep by Vegas off the neutral zone draw. Final 10 seconds here. And the Edmonton Oilers are going to get a big win on the road. What a sprawling save by Smith at the horn, denying a chance for Nate Schmidt. A fitting end. Mike Smith, a bounce-back performance as well. Great showing by Smith, 25 saves. That's his save of the game, courtesy Jiffy Lube. Be wise, winterize, Oilers win 4-2 on the road against the Golden Knights. Here's the goaltender. It was, it, I think it was important to get off to a good start, especially uh, on a new team, you know, and then, you know, I was confident coming out of last season, like you said, and, and wanted to bring that same mojo, um, you know, to oil country, and it's gone well so far. I just want to, you know, I, you don't ever take anything for granted in this league. I think it's it's something that you, you just, your point, we're playing well, we like where we're at, but uh, we understand there's a long, long ways to go, and uh, it's about getting better every single day, and tonight was a, a great response game by our team. Power play look like from your end of the ice. It looks a lot better, you know, watching it down there than it does, you know, playing against it. So it's been humming most of the season, and obviously when you play, put, you know, all the great players we have out there together, it makes for a for a dangerous unit. So it's good. Mike, when you see Connor come out of the corner like that in the first goal, like he takes about three strides and he's gone 20 feet in front of the net, and nobody can get him. I mean, Flurry. He's one of the better goalies getting across the crease. It didn't seem to matter. No, it doesn't matter. I've been in that position too, so I think he's just, uh, he can go from, you know, stop to full speed faster than anybody I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, I don't think anyone else in the league can, can do it quite like he does it. And uh, it's obviously, he, he played an unbelievable game for us. He, he showed why he's our captain and, and a leader on our team. Both those guys were, were huge for us tonight and got us going. And, and uh, obviously are important every game for us. But tonight I real felt like they, they kind of were the engine and, and we everyone else just kind of followed. Mike, sorry to jump in a little late, but uh, it seemed like whenever you have a performance that you're not happy with, you seem to rise up to the challenge and, and put a performance like that. And what's the mental acuity heading into a game like that when you know last game didn't go the way you wanted? Yeah, I mean, obviously happy to get back in there. I think, you know, it's nice not to have to fester over it. And, and you know, I wasn't real happy with the way things went. Obviously, I don't think that we were as a team, but um, I was motivated to get back in there and play well. And, and obviously the team responded too, which was, you know, a great sign, a great, a great sign of, of maturity in our group and not letting, you know, one, one bad game turn into two. And, and we did a great job of that tonight and, and a big reason why we came out with two points. All right, Mike Smith, 250th career victory. Edmonton wins 4-2 against Vegas. He's already tailgating for tomorrow's game between the Patriots and the Cowboys. It's Scott in Boston. Hey, Scott. Up, what's up? Hey, I know it's two games in a row. Don't get angry at me. How we doing? Well, you you weren't on last night. I think you just stayed on on the line and listened the whole time. Oh, I love the show, man. That's why you caught me off guard. I'm texting with my buddy about. I have very exciting news. I bought my tickets today, January four, Edmonton Oilers at Boston. I oh, bought good. them today. Oh, that's great. I'm very excited. I can't wait. I told my buddy, I go, I just can't wait to watch warm-ups, watch McDavid in warm-ups. I go, that'll be, uh, I'll have got my fill at that. They're, they're okay seats. They were like 49 bucks a pop. You do know, that's, I'm pretty sure that the Oilers just announced that on that road trip, five fans get to take warm-up with the Oilers. So if you email in enough, <laughs> oh you might win. Oh, my God. I am, I am a fan. I would pay... Three hundred dollars to meet Connor McDavid. Just to have him sign my shirt. I love him. I love him. I love Edmonton. Since right, I was Scott. three feet tall. All right, here it we go. Good, no, listen, no, listen, Scott. It was a good game tonight. We know you're happy. I want. I, you're on all the time. I want to ask you something. Mm-hmm. What What is your What is your personal greatest athletic achievement? <sighs> hmm. Playing high school hockey, Division One in Boston. I played. Uh, I was third line, left wing. We played against Archbishop Williams, who at the time was a national powerhouse. They put kids in D1, NHL. I was second team power play. 
I was a little slow. As my uncle's friend said, I skated like I had a piano on my back. <laughs> but uh, I was a hockey player, and I'll never forget it, playing in front of 3,000 people versus Archie's my senior year. Okay, my, my, awesome. they, the question I have for you, like, what do you do for a living? Because you're up, what is it right now? It's 11, 149 Saturday in the morning. Saturday night, there brother. Tax tomorrow, Rob. Oh, I understand, but what, like, what do you, like, how can you, you stay up all night? during the week. All right, I'll just... answer, I'll answer the question. Reed, promise me you'll grant me trivia time, please, Yeah, okay? I want you to do don't trivia right, right away. All right, don't dump. I have a good trivia question for Rob tonight. I'm going to get him tonight. Um, what do I do for a living? I work with my buddy who does, he does custom cabinet making, very high-end work. Um, I'm a laborer. I can't do anything. He actually did the basement for Aerosmith's drummer, Joey Kramer. You know Aerosmith? Yeah. He did his basement over in a town called Marshfield, Massachusetts, which is where I live right next to. So right. I do label work with him oh, cool. on Stop. and off. He'll throw me a couple hundred bucks a day when I work. All I right, usually trivia, don't do anything. Baby, I, I get like one nail. <laughs> uh, that's about it. Trivia, but do no, it. I'm all right. Everything's cool. I need to get back into... Um, Hockey. Scott, Rob, you want to know what put me into trivia. retirement? Scott, You're going to laugh. we got to do trivia. we got well, other people holding. Got to uh, do trivia. Well, who's more entertaining than me, Reed? Come on. Who are you going to put on? Some idiot from Saskatchewan? Come on. Oh, that's oh, oh, no, Scott. Scott, right, I've got to apologize. All right, I'm sorry. I'm just okay. being entertaining. I call local radio here. I'm kind of a local celebrity, you know, when it comes to uh, sports radio. I could send you so many calls, you'd laugh your butt off. Okay, trivia in five uh, seconds, right, so i got to go. Real quick, before trivia, real quick, I'm going to hit something real quick. And oh, then I said it, Scott. Now Mike or I gotta go? That Mike Smith is this team's number one goalie. All right, here's trivia. Rob, you ready? I'm ready. I'm gonna get you. Okay. You're up 11-10 on me. I okay. actually keep track. Seriously, I do not remember 10 wrong ones, but okay, go ahead. 100%. Okay, I'm on your side now. Remember we talked last time, 1987 Canada Cup. Yep. Who did not... It's obscure, but I'm gonna give you a clue. Who got cut from that team? They weren't, quote-unquote, good enough. He, he was, Steve Eisenman. Oh, my God. Rob, I was going to give you a clue and say number 19, 23 years old. Imagine Steve right. Eisenman didn't make a hockey team. We got to go, Scott. We love that. you, buddy, but we got to go, okay? All right. Talk hey, to you later, next guys. Time. Bye. Oilers win 4-2. Well, this is nice. Uh, Ryan Jesperson's calling in. Hey, Jespo. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure you didn't take a call from some idiot in Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> we said I, we got was... some idiot in Alberta. Thanks, Ryan. You, you, you got... You got some idiot in Alberta, but you got Scott from Boston talking about his greatest all-time athletic achievement, and I had to call in to share mine. <laughs> I can hardly wait. Oh, great. Well, Rob, you're involved. I was? Uh, yeah, Reed, we were, uh, it was for charity, it was about 10 years ago, and we were playing the U of A Pandas uh, ringette, and uh, I took a pass, I took a pass up the sidewall from Rob Brown, and uh, accepted it, and Robbie, I don't remember if you remember, but I went top shelf, and it was a real beauty, top clapper, and that was it for me. I do remember that, actually, I think I got a picture, I, I had someone send me a picture of that, it shows you celebrating right afterwards, it's in my bedroom. Yeah, it was the greatest moment of my life, and it remains so. Thanks, Jespo. It's, it's awesome right, to hear from you. Great show. <laughs> that's that's uh, Ryan Jesperson, 9 to noon every weekday here on 630 Chat. Wow, this show has really evolved tonight. <laughs> Oilers won 4-2 over the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Troy, how's it going? Well, how, how do I pop any of that, you guys? Uh, I mean, that was... I believe that you can, Troy. I believe in you. That was five minutes of fantastic radio. Thanks for that. Um, what I was going to say is just a little bit of uh, analyzing myself. Um, Larson struggled mightily in the last couple of games, and I honestly believe that a healthy Benning at 100% would be a better option than Larson right now. And moving forward, if Larson doesn't turn this around, Doors have some serious um, decisions that they have to make on that right side of their defense moving forward. Uh, yeah, I thought Larson played okay tonight. Uh, 15 and a half minutes. They're, they're bringing him along pretty slowly. I, I don't. He made, I, he made two major errors that, uh, if not for Smith again, he made two big saves off those errors as the puck kind of got away from us there. So, I mean. They're, they're going to give him time. He, I mean, he, yeah. he missed a number of games, and he's yeah. coming back from injury, so they're going to give yeah. him time. But, which is why it was good that Tip noticed that and moved him down the lineup after third pair, elevated Caleb, who, I mean, Caleb seems to be getting better and better every game 
Um, so, again, if you have a left-handed defenseman who plays better than your two right guys in the bottom pair, you have decisions to be made is what I'm getting at, which is a good problem to have for the orders. Sure. So. Yeah, we appreciate it, Troy. Thanks for calling 780-496-0063. Yeah, I mean, Pearson had some good games. He's in the minors now. So... Well, it's, it was, it's different on defense. It's way different on defense. But the one thing that the Oilers have, and there was the graphic in the game, the Oilers, all the of the defense tonight, five of the six are 27 and younger. You also got a young player in Benning. You got Bouchard. You got Bro, was it Broberg? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Well, he's probably yeah, but, uh, but a couple you, years away. But we're, look at the, the, the young youth that they have in the defense going forward. So the Oilers have finally put something together where they have some depth at the back end. They have not had in the years that we've been working here. Go ahead, Robert. Hello. Hey, Robert, go ahead. How you doing? Good. So, uh, I don't know how I follow Ryan Jesperson, but I'll try. So, Rob, first off, I want to tell you that I'm old enough to be young Matt's great-grandfather, so that makes me marginally qualified to remember your career. (laughs) Nice. So, anyway... because we were, you were talking earlier about some of the extracurriculars and social media, I thought I'd share with you something I read today about players having sex during the season. And there was this Italian soccer coach, I think it was on ESPN, where he was giving his players advice so that they wouldn't run out of energy during a game. And what he told them was there's certain – he went so far as – I won't get into the details, but he said there were certain positions they should use to minimize their energy and make their partners do all the work. <laughs> and and then the second piece of advice he had was he liked to have married players because then their partners had no expectations of an outstanding performance. <laughs> all right, Robert, we appreciate that. So, I'm just wondering if you ever got any coachly advice on, on a similar line during your career. Yeah, I did. It was from my wife, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great, Robert. Well, Terry Jones always asks the uh, the Jim Hunt Memorial question at the Great Cup to the coaches about players having sex during Great Cup week. Mike, Mike O'Shea had a really good answer this week. Did he? I didn't hear. What was his answer? Uh, just that. Well, it was just the way he worded it. Let me see if well, I. Well, it's find normally it. not. It's not the the sex part. It's the chase. It's being out all night long looking for right for it more so than the the action. I, I tell you, our show certainly went off the rails at about twenty minutes ago. I can't. If I would have. If I would've, okay, play it, Kellen. This is Mike O'Shea, Bombers coach. It seems like forever. Well, skip to Terry two. Jones asking the question for five minutes. <laughs> Just find the O'Shea clip, please, Kellen. Let me let me know when you when you have that. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's kind of like, are we? Is that still a story? Like, is Terry Jones still writing columns based on that? Is that? Well, I'll just use the same idea I've had for the last thirty years for the column. <laughs> Uh, Somebody should have asked the the Stampeders horse. <laughs> I don't. Is it? Is it? Was his name Mister Ed? Can you, their horse talks. Uh, no. Well, he I, would just stamp his feet. Who does? <laughs> just stamp once if you got lucky this week. Stamp twice if you didn't. That actually would be kind of funny. They got to be able to teach the horse to do that. Quick six. How, how long was Terry Jones's question? It was too long. It was too, it was too long. All you need to say is, what's your attitude towards your play, players having sex this week? And if I were a coach, I would say, I don't care. <laughs> Show up and play. Do you have it? Okay, here's O'Shea's answer. Well, it's been uh, eight years since we've climbed into this position, and another 29 since we finished the job. So there's going to be some nerves, and the uh, expectations are very high. And the anticipation can sometimes ruin the event. So I guess my guidance to the players would be, you know, don't exhaust yourself in the warm-up. <laughs> Great cup tomorrow, everybody. That's really good. Uh, that, that is that was, very that good. Was, that was pretty good. All right, we got uh, news here at midnight. If uh, if you're on hold, we will uh, quickly get to you. 
tomorrow morning in about uh, four minutes. The Oilers did win tonight. 4-2 over the Vegas Golden Knights. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. We're back after the news. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. They went to the Stanley Cup final in their first year. Here's McDavid, the center pass. Wish shot, score. Connor McDavid has made it 1-0. Edmonton, a beautiful move out of the corner. Dreisaitl fed him, and he skated right around Marc-Andre Fleury. Well, that got it started for the Oilers 5-16 into the game. They led 2-1 after 1, 3-2 after 2, and beat the Golden Knights 4-2. Good morning. It's 5 after midnight along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We are back at it later today, 4.30 face-off show game at 6. The Oilers will take on Arizona. We have Sam on the line. Go ahead, Sam. Oh, hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, just quick question. What do you think happens in the immediate future uh, when Benning gets healthy um, for the defensive pairings. And then I know you don't want to talk about playoffs, but uh, what happens trade deadline? Do you see one of Russell moving on or even Larson? Um, what happens for the Oilers' decor? Were they looking so strong with Jones being a, you know, an up-and-comer? And obviously Bear has been quite great. What are you guys' thoughts? Well, I, I think that when Benning comes back, and, and if Benning comes back and everyone is healthy, uh, Benning goes back with Russell. Larson plays with Clefbaum, and Bear plays with Nurse. That's what I see. As for the deadline, that's just too too long away because there, so many things could happen between now and then. There could be injuries. Uh, the, I mean, the Oilers could be 30 points ahead of anyone. They could falter and be way behind and not be a playoff team. So I, I don't think... We want you want to look that far ahead of what you're going to move, but in the immediate future, uh, the pairings that I just said are the ones I think will be. I'm I'm just going to say this. I I think, you know, I'm glad everybody's happy. The team's doing a lot better than they than they have. Let's pump the brakes on trading Russell and Larson, okay? Because if you go into the playoffs, those are two guys you want on the team. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you take you know, if, if you have to go nine or ten deep on D into the playoffs, like Buffalo did the or, the year the Oilers lost to Carolina in the final. Mm-hmm. Buffalo ran out of defensemen. You know you don't want to be calling up Dmitry Samarukov or what Larson gives Bouchard you. Your he gives you nasty back. on the back end. That's what Larson gives you. He he plays a, a heavy mean game. That's what you want in the playoffs. John standing by. Hey John. Oh, hey, hey Reed. Um, uh, okay, I got to. Oh, first of all, well, I'll ask Rob my question at the end. But uh, um, I want to say I think that Tyler Benson is probably going to be a Tyler Bozak type of player. I know Benson's a winger and Bozak's a center, but I think down the road, I think that's what he's going to be. Um, and my other question is for you and Rob. Um, I, this, well, what do you guys think is going to happen with Pugliarvi? Do you think he's going to move? I, I personally would hold on to him probably till the draft and move him at the draft to move up because I think we're, there's, it's obvious we're making the playoffs now. And um, uh, we're probably going to go out in the second round or something, but it's just going to be so good to get in. Like just, oh, it's, it's like seeing an old friend you haven't seen for 10 years or something. You know what I mean? It'll be, it'll be so good just to get in. And... Uh, um, so what do you guys think is going to happen with Puyarvi? Like, what's your prediction? And my question for Rob is, Rob, do you remember what the per diem was when you broke in in, like, 89? I remember I was a teenager when you were in 89 or 90, um, and you were lighting it up with uh, pens. But um, do you remember what the per diem was when you guys, when you broke in, and, like, what you guys would get, like, per day on the road? And um, I'll just um, hang up and listen. Okay, thanks. Okay, thanks, John. The per diem, oof. I wasn't like eight hundred bucks or something. Yeah, no, <laughs> I not even close. I think it was like forty, forty-five bucks a day when we were on the road. It's not bad. I had to cover three meals. Yeah, but well, you didn't eat very much. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, um, I predict that Yessi Puliarvi will uh, not be traded before the end of the month. I yeah, I agree. I I, I wait. To, you don't need to move him. So now you wait to see what you want for him. And the better he does in Europe, the longer he's there, the more you're going to get in return for him. All right. We, I, we, we have no more callers. We have nobody uh, wanting to talk about the trade deadline. We have nobody wanting to talk about uh, male-female re- intimate relations. We have no other 630 Ched hosts on the line. We could actually maybe have, after the hockey show, we'll do a, a dating show. 
we'll have different guests on. That'd be more tragic than the 10-year playoff drought. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't know what we can talk about. <laughs> the Oilers win 4-2. Oh, do we have the McDavid post game? But well, we got to get that in. Yeah, let's uh, let's hear from Connor. He had two goals tonight. Just the way you and Leon just play well with each other. Can you just kind of just on another great night for both of you guys? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of talk of, of us two right now, but I thought it was a complete uh, complete uh, team effort tonight. Um, you know, started with Smitty. It was a great bounce back game for him. Great bounce back game for our whole group. Um, great bounce back game for, for Leon and I and, and Cass in our line. Um, you know, we weren't good enough in L.A., so, you know, we responded well. Is this the, the new Oilers? You don't let up one loss, get into two, get into three, like previous years. You I mean, dial it back in and say, hey, that's what good teams have to do, and, and that's what you have to do if you're, you're going to get in the playoffs. You can't go on those, you know, three, four, five-game losing streaks. Um, you can't let those points slide by. So, especially in the division, um, we let one go by in, in LA, and you know, found a, a good effort tonight here. Was really power, the power play goal early in the third. You're up one, and all of a sudden you're up two. That's a heck of a lot of difference. Yeah, it helps a lot. Um, yeah, it helps a lot. Um, you know, they were they were coming. Um, you know, they, uh, they they feed off the fans, and and uh, you know, the fans do a good job in this building, keeping them in games. And um, you know, they were definitely coming. So you know, it was a, a big power play goal. Connor, when the group takes accountability like you guys did two nights ago and bounce back the way you guys do, what does it say about the the group in this locker room? Uh, I'm just resilient. Um, you know, we we you know, find ways to to, like you said, bounce back in games. You know, we don't we don't hold on to games too long. So um, you know, we you know, we can be happy about tonight, but you know, we got another big game tomorrow against Arizona. So uh, we got to be ready for that as well. James Neal said this morning that the start was important for you guys. You guys got two first period markers, but then it seemed like the Marcus ground line ground line line really stepped up in the second and third periods. What can you say about one specifically their goal in the second period and then their their play overall? Yeah, I thought their game was good. Obviously, uh, when they pitch in with the goal, it, it, it helps a lot. Um, you know, they, but they did a good job uh, building momentum. Um, it, was, it was real good to see. How many strides did you take out of the corner there to score that first one? What about 20 feet and about two and a half strides? I don't know how many. You were dead stopped almost. Then you're flurrying. Yeah. You know, I got a little break there. Leon did a good job finding me and, and uh, just trying to get to, to the other side of the net. Um, as fast as I could. Flurry is one of the best in the league at once he goes down on his knees he can follow a player right through did you know you had to kind of outweigh him a little bit on that yeah he's um, one of the best goalies in the league um, you know uh, takes a good play to beat him um, on any night so um, you know, I knew I was gonna have to make a good play um, like I said I just tried to beat him to that far post and uh, you know, I was uh, was lucky to do it the last time you guys were in this building you obviously uh, forced uh, I guess your displeasure about where the team the franchise was going now all of a sudden I guess what eight or nine months since then. I mean, how do you feel the turnaround has been going for you guys since then? Obviously, we've, we've had a good start. Um, you know, we're trying to build something here, but it takes a lot. Um, it takes a lot of work, um, a lot of focus. So um, I've liked our start. Um, we've continued to, to build on that, um, and we need to continue continue to build. Yeah, a bit of a different tone. Connor McDavid was uh, pretty frustrated and blunt with the Oilers' plight after a loss there last season, looking a lot better to this point this year 25 games in the Oilers have gone 15-7-3 and impressive performance tonight beating the Vegas Golden Knights 4-2 we're back at it this afternoon 4-30 face-off show game at 6 Oilers take on the Arizona Coyotes how about this those are the top two teams in the Pacific Division thanks to Kellen Kennedy our studio producer you can get more on 630ched.com globalnews.ca on behalf of Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins Oilers Hockey presented by World of Spas overtime Open line is courtesy Heartland Ford. Have a great night.